This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. Worship had become a moneymaker. And the thing that I want you to be aware of is that far too often today, worship has become a moneymaker. And when that's the case, Jesus Christ is not the one being served. He may be the one being named in the same way that Artemis was being named in Ephesus and not being served. Often Jesus is being named, but not being served. There is a danger when worship becomes a moneymaker. Many people and organizations do things in the name of Jesus, but that doesn't mean that they're bringing glory to Him, as we'll hear from Pastor Robert today. Make sure your worship of Jesus doesn't detract from Him, but points others to Him. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Acts chapter 19 with today's message. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Jesus says, if you'll just focus your attention on working God's perfect plan for your life. If you'll seek first His kingdom, His righteousness, He'll make sure your little kingdom is okay. He'll take care of you. He'll provide for your needs. He'll work it out. Don't have to worry about it. But in this situation, worship had become a moneymaker. And the thing that I want you to be aware of is that far too often today, worship has become a moneymaker. And when that's the case, Jesus Christ is not the one being served. He may be the one being named in the same way that Artemis was being named in Ephesus and not being served. Often Jesus is being named but not being served. I read an article in the Herald this week, maybe some of you saw it, that 16 different Christian ministries are now being investigated by Congress. What a heartbreaker. But you know what? Some of them probably need to be investigated. Unfortunately, it's the world doing it rather than the rest of the body of Christ. You know, But you know what? There are those who are in the name of Jesus serving mammon. And what that looks like in the just practical terms, in the real world, what that looks like is, well, you see a minister or a ministry 
that's focused more inward than outward. It's more focused on the bottom line. More focused on money than ministry. I was talking with one of the ladies after the second service, and she said, you know, I've been having trouble sleeping here lately, and often I'm up around 3 in the morning. And She said, you know, they're all over the cable channels. One of them is selling little green handkerchiefs. Now, guess why they're green? You send me your seed faith donation, and I'll send you this green prayer cloth. Guaranteed financial blessing for your future. You know, and it's like I've told you before, you know, like the guy with the anointed wallets. You know, if you've got a drawer full of anointed wallets, what do you need my money for? You know, if you've got your own green anointed prayer cloths, well, hey, you should be all set. Fleecing the flock. And here's the thing. They're preying upon desperate people already. These are people with problems, people who need a miracle. They need something to happen. You know, maybe sickness or whatever the case. Maybe it's just irresponsibility. Maybe they've thrown all their money away at the dog track like my grandfather used to do. And now they're crying out to God for a miracle because they've been so foolish. But maybe it's because they got hit like a good friend of mine. Lost his job, lost his health insurance, and his wife was diagnosed with cancer. They lost everything, not because of foolishness, because of medical bills that they couldn't pay. And so now you see someone in the name of Jesus Christ offering you a miracle. Just send me your last $20. And people are doing it. To the degree that now Congress is getting involved. Because worship became a moneymaker. And that's not what it's supposed to be. It's not what it's supposed to be. If you see a pastor living way above his congregation, worship has become a moneymaker. Now, I word it that way because I want you to understand. You know, if a pastor that's called to work in Puente Piedra, you know, the little suburb of barrio on the outskirts of Lima, you know, everybody's living in a, in a little shack at best that's thrown together from bamboo or sheet metal and dirt floors and no running water and just scraping by, you know, eating hopefully one meal a day. Well, a man that's called to minister there, a woman that's called to minister in that community, they need to fit in. They need to be a part of the village, a part of the community. They don't need to be living five miles away in a nice big house with hot showers and driving a new Range Rover. Right? Anybody disagree with that? I mean, that's, that's just, you know, come on. We, Jesus came. He was born in a manger, a feed trough. Why did He do that? Why not a palace? Because most humans don't live in palaces. A man that's called to that village needs to live. I won't say in that village, but in that situation, I probably would say in that village. And he needs to live on the level of the people he's going to be serving and ministering to. But now flip that to the other side. What about somebody living in Huntington Beach, California? Santa Ana, Costa Mesa, California, where the average individual is living in a multi-million dollar home driving a very, very nice automobile or four. 
Do you understand the distinction that I'm making? Should that pastor live in a shack with sheet metal and dirt floor and no running water? Well, it's absurd. It's absurd. I remember a few years ago talking with somebody and they were really upset and kind of slamming their pastor. Now, this was out in California. Guy had bought a Range Rover. Oh, this lady was upset. Spending the Lord's money on a Range Rover. And I'm like, it's all the Lord's money. There is no money on the planet that's not the Lord's money. Number one. This guy lives in a community where the average individual probably drives a Mercedes. Should the pastor be poor just because he's a pastor? No. No. He should be faithful. He should live as his people lives. He should fit in. He should be able to provide for his children the same kind of life as, you know, in general, as the people in the community, right? Have a, a normal house. And just so you know, just putting it out there, because most of you don't know, my wife and I bought a small two-bedroom, one-bath house with our two children about 10 years ago. We're still in it. It's nothing special. It's comfortable. It's a starter house that we'll probably finish in. <laughs> The point that I'm making here, again, worship should not be a moneymaker. Pastor Chuck Smith, and, and we've been accused as Calvary Chapel pastors of being Chuck Smithites. But you know what? The Bible says when, you, when an elder serves well, when he serves faithfully, he's worthy of double honor. And I've met few men more worthy of double honor than Chuck Smith. I'd never heard of him until about 17 years ago. Down here, I heard of Calvary Chapel and heard of Chuck Smith. And the, the way the Lord used Pastor Chuck in my life was I, I, I was only used to Bob Coy up in Fort Lauderdale. And the guy's a complete comedian and he's, he's funny and I'm not, you know. And, and I'm thinking, I don't, I don't know, you know, if I can do this, you know, pastor a church. And, and then I, I watched a video of Pastor Chuck teaching and I realized, okay, I can do that. He just reads the Bible and talks about it. I can do that. I can grow into that responsibility. But then I met the man. I had the opportunity to have lunch with him a few times and get to know him just a little bit. Just a little bit. If you asked him about me, he probably wouldn't remember it. But it gave me an opportunity to get to know him, see what he's really like. And he just is who he is. He's just an average man trying to serve Jesus. And because of that, God has really blessed him. Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa is like a $200 million ministry or some such. We are so blessed with the technologies that God has given us these days. Being able to share Bible teaching through the radio is wonderful. A couple of other great resources are Facebook and Twitter. For most of us, these resources are part of our everyday lives. Maybe as you are listening today, someone in your life came to mind that would be blessed by hearing this message. You can share today's message on your Facebook page and Twitter feed to help spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Friends, radio is an expensive endeavor, and we want to let you know how you can help partner with us to help Main Thing Radio continue to grow. Here's Tracy. We all know that it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home, but it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that Main Thing Radio is missionary work? It is. We need your support to continue to share God's word over the airwaves. 
please prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. Log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the donate button. On behalf of Pastor Robert and the entire production team here at Main Thing Radio, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. Be sure to join us again on this same station at this same time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.